What's up, everyone? Anthony here. Welcome back to episode two in season two. We've got Alex Aust on here. She's a lacrosse player from the University of Maryland, also a national champion. So that's um, uh, very cool for us to have multiple national champions on now in just our short time doing this. So she has some really cool stories about some of those playoff games and the championship game. And there's a lot of important takeaways through that that you'll want to listen for. Um, other things to kind of look out for in this episode that I think were important are um, her kind of stardom into, to lacrosse was a little bit later than you traditionally see in someone at such an elite level. So I thought that was cool about how her parents were super supportive of her, um, you know, oftentimes driving such long distances to bring her to games and tournaments and things like that. Um, so she credits a lot of her support to her family, which we know is a key support system, you know, in any type of success that that we're looking to have. Um, some other things are her relationships with her teammates and her mentors at the University of Maryland, which she kind of describes as people that set her up for success, um, for the success that she's having now. So she really kind of is still in the lacrosse field. So this is important for anyone that's kind of listening and they're thinking that they want to stay within their sport and how can they continue to be connected to the sport in a career after their playing career is over. So Alex talks through that really beautifully um, about the connections that she made in terms of other coaches she met and former players that have now become colleagues. Um, so I think that's all really important because there is a bit of us that wants to stay connected to our sport and there's a lot of us that do it and kind of make it work and make a career out of it. And Alex has done that in a very positive way. So right now she's the director of a youth program that's doing a lot of great things, spreading the game lacrosse up and down the coast, um, kind of getting it into communities where lacrosse might not be a top sport. So she's wearing a bunch of different hats um, in her role. So balancing all the, the coaching and the finances and the parent communication and all those things are, are really good things to listen for if we're gonna be continuing to take on roles in jobs that kind of are not so much traditional. Um, so that's something to look out for too. We kind of progress in this episode to uh, talking about self-care in a sense. So Alex is a, is a big yogi and um, really enjoys mindfulness and things like that to kind of keep her balanced uh, in such a busy lifestyle. So those are obviously super important takeaways. And then we end the episode with some content that I'm not going to leak right now because you're gonna have to listen to the episode because that's how important it is. So I'm going to leave it at that, but I uh, hope you guys enjoy this one. It's really fun. Alex is a super candid guest and a lot of funny, funny moments. So hope you guys enjoy it. Welcome back everybody to season two, episode two, super excited uh, for our guest today. Today we've got Alex Aust. Uh, brief background before we, we hand it over to her. Uh, lacrosse player, graduated University of Maryland um, 2013, uh, national champion as a player, um, and then also won as director of ops over at Maryland. Uh, she's been in the national championship actually twice uh, as a player. Um, so I think this is our third or fourth national champion, but we'll really dive into you know what sets a champion 
team apart um, and then get more into what she's doing today, director at Finish Line Lacrosse. Uh, professional lacrosse player that is obviously very cool um so we'll, we'll dive into that what the experience has been like after college but still playing the sport that she loves um we'll get into some of maybe her hobbies uh you got yoga enthusiasts um and then obviously we need to dive into your uh, expertise as an oreo extraordinaire so some of your favorite flavors things like that uh but without any further ado alex welcome to the podcast hi guys thank you so much for having me of course. And thank you so much for joining us. So what we like to do first is just kind of get a sense of um, your background, maybe even just how you found lacrosse and then what brought you to Maryland. Uh, and then we'll go from there. Okay, cool. Um, so grew up actually playing every sport under the sun. Um, I am a was like, I got my black belt when I was six years old and then um, played basketball my whole life. And I was fortunate enough to go to a private school and elementary school where um, they just offered it as one of the sports kind of after school. And I walked outside and kind of saw these people running around and throwing a ball in the air. And I was like, that looks really fun. So tried it and then happened to be decent at it. Um, just from my other sports backgrounds, I've always kind of been a competitive person, probably to my own fault. But um, yeah, so then kind of like loved it really kept developing it, played all through middle school, and then had a decision, had to go to high school somewhere. And I was really choosing between basketball and lacrosse still, wanting to play both at like the highest level I could. I was playing AAU basketball in like a travel club uh, program for lacrosse, which is what brought me to Maryland because I went to, I actually went to high school in Potomac, Maryland called Bullis, um, where basketball team was really successful, lacrosse program was really strong. So that really elevated it to the next level. Um, stayed in Maryland that got, I went to high school there, commuted every day from Northern Virginia and then played club and really didn't kind of realize like how good I was or if I could really do it in college. I honestly just played because I thought it was really fun. I was really into basketball and by the end of basketball season was like so excited to get outside and in the fresh air and run around as fast as I can with my friends. So, um, yeah, basically my club coach kind of looked at me going into my sophomore year of high school and was like, if you want to play at the next level, you can do this. Um, and so then I kind of took it from there and Kathy Reese at Maryland gave me a shot and I, um, ended up going there. My dad actually went there for a year or two. Um, and then my sister followed my footsteps afterwards and she's a Terp, uh, played lacrosse with me there as well. So we've kind of just become a full on Maryland family. Very cool. I mean, what was that, um, that transition period for you like of finding something you're good at, but then actually being, you know, asked to, to give it more of your time. And then you're at a stuck point of where you got to pick one or the other, right? Yeah. I mean, so, um, like one of my favorite stories, my dad tells all the time. It's like your typical dad fashion of like him remembering it a lot different than me. Um, I wasn't really ready to choose when both of my coaches kind of told me I had to, I really, really enjoyed both and liked playing two sports and, you know, mixing it up. And I thought that it, and I do still stand by that it made me the player I am today. Um, so my AAU basketball coach actually told me to my face that I would not be able to do both at the highest level possible. And I mean, I kind of was like, screw you and did it. And like, I mean, I was doing two, three practices going from my high school games over to AU practice, back to club practice. Um, so I thank my parents a lot for just driving me around. But I think once someone kind of tells me I can't do something, I 
definitely um, respond a little differently. And um, it really wasn't until I would say summer going into my junior year that I was like, okay, I'm just going to stop playing AAU basketball. And I was the only person on my club team to, or AAU team to not play division one basketball. So I was the only one who played a different sport in college. And to me, truthfully, it was not so much loving one sport more than another. It was just more so, um, I literally just wanted the best chance I could at winning a national championship and going to the best school possible. So lacrosse was kind of that vehicle for me. Sounds really cool. Alex, I got a question. Um, just backtracking a little bit. Yeah. Uh, what was, um, what was the, fa- was there like a family strain? Like for you got, it seems like you got a lot of support from your family, but like commuting to high school doesn't seem like a very typical uh, experience to commute to a different state to go to high school. Plus you were playing at a high level in both sports. Like what was that uh, dynamic like for your siblings and your family and like the investment in, in that culture? Yeah. I mean, I honestly owe my parents everything. And my, my sister, I feel, I mean, we are, she's my best friend. We're really close. Um, but she got dragged to everything, um, played every sport I played, which I think honestly asking her now, like that's why she ended up playing at Maryland and she won two national championships, you know? So, um, it family is super, super important to me. And I think that support from my parents, I would not have been able to do what I do today. I, mean like my dad does not let me forget how long those like car rides were and him having to like drive 45 minutes to drop me off in the morning he was really excited when I got my license um but I mean it was just late dinners I I can't even tell you how much we actually ate dinner as a family because it was everyone was coming home at different times my brother played um football at Widener uh D3 and then he now plays for the um Thai lacrosse national team so all of my family, we've all done it. We're all kind of hyperactive people. I think it set me up for the lifestyle I live now um, and to be successful in college that like I just was used to time management and kind of like didn't really, it kept me out of trouble. I, um, you know, that's what I wanted to be doing. And like the second we decided that we wanted to play or do something, my parents weren't going to really not do everything they could to make, put us in the best position possible. So um, they truly sacrificed everything for all of us um no not me more so than anyone else uh it was really just kind of like whatever we wanted to do they were gonna make it happen yeah I think that's really important to note like when we talk to athletes or even when we talk amongst ourselves about like our athletic experience it's like oh like you played at the next level because you were like super talented but there's like a lot of like background of just like stuff that just really went into it that kind of goes almost unspoken um from the day to day to like the traveling, um, you know, the implications it has on your siblings or whatever, like all that stuff is, is really important. And like, sometimes I think that's a story that doesn't get, you know, put out there as much. Yeah, for sure. I mean, some of the best times were going to like Orlando for my brother's AU national tournament, you know, like, and us all, like to me, those were our family vacations. Um, we're based around lacrosse or basketball tournaments. Um, which, Looking back, I mean, we really wouldn't have wanted it any other way. You know, my mom is, like, she cooks for the entire team, hosts an entire tailgate, and that's, like, her Super Bowl. And, like, us not playing sports anymore and her not having a team to follow, it's, like, leaves my parents not knowing what to do because they've done it for the past, you know, 18 years or so um, through all three of us. But, um, yeah, it. Uh, I really couldn't have imagined 
doing anything else. It was, I mean, and I think that I'm so happy and so thankful and grateful for how supportive, not saying my, I mean, my sister and I definitely went through some rough patches there um, and definitely had that sibling rivalry uh, of just, you know, wanting to be close together, but not wanting to follow in my footsteps or kind of wanting to create her own name. Um, but always being our biggest cheerleaders, um, you know, and pushing each other to be the best that we could be. Alex, if you could take us now to uh, to kind of your college experience. So you're playing in a big time program and a big time lacrosse conference, and uh, just talk about that. And you know, mixing in, uh, you know, obviously a course load of of classes and studies and stuff. So just kind of take us through that experience. Yeah, I mean, Maryland for me was the best four years to date of my life. I mean, I loved, and honestly, solely due to my. Um, team and my coaches, my coaches, my coach played in Maryland won, and then coached there. She won, she was in the strain where they won like seven national championships back to back. Um, and she just understood the balance of, you know, we're here for, we're all here for a common goal. We're going to work our asses off every single day to win a national championship. That's why you're here. You're here to be the best, but you're also here to be, to like, set the stepping stones to be a successful adult after college. She was, you know, I mean, to, she's definitely one of my biggest mentors I have right now. Um, she boosts all of us and like made us all super tight and super confident. And a lot of the things that she kind of instilled from the beginning and all of us really made my four years just incredible. I mean, as far as academics for me, um, I felt like Maryland was really supportive and, you know, really wanted us to succeed in anything that we did. Our alumni system is insane. And everyone that's, a, it's kind of like, I, honestly, people like make fun of us and say it's a cult, but like, it really is kind of a, uh, a cult if you know anyone that's a Terp. Um, but I got to play in, you know, the best conference at that time. Um, I mean, we're not in the ACC anymore for four years and got to compete with my best friends every single day. Um, and it wasn't easy, but it was the most fun I've ever had, you know, uh, winning or losing. Um, I wouldn't have traded it for anything. What were you, uh, what were you studying in school at the time? So I uh, majored in communications Okay. and, um, honestly, because I just had no idea what I wanted to do. Uh, and I loved that about Maryland that there were so many options, especially, um, for athletes and our coaches were really different and special where they didn't discourage people from doing things. It was just kind of like, listen, like we're going to be upfront and honest. If you want to go pre-med, you know, you're going to have to take summer school and not be able to travel. Like you'll have to work all summer and do this and that, um, because you can't do labs in season, you know? So, um, knowing that like, obviously not everyone has the luxury of making lacrosse their career. Um, they were super, super supportive of people, you know, getting the career that they want in place so that they can be successful. Hey, what, um, for, for you, I mean, what, what were summers like? Was there a push at all? Like some people got to do internships and I, my sister's actually going into some senior year playing lacrosse at Fairfield. Okay. Um, and so that junior year, right. Is everybody needs their internship, especially if they're in business. I mean, how did you guys manage that? It, it's definitely an added stress, right? For sure. Um, and, you know, I actually don't think that that stress really hit me until my senior year. Um, I think I, I mean, I know that I'm a totally in the moment kind of person and I kind of put my head down and grind and, you know, wake up and that's just kind of how I've been successful in certain things. Um, but to my fault, I remember looking back and being like, 
holy shit, how is anyone going to hire me anywhere when all I've done every single summer is work 12 lacrosse camps so that I have enough money to spend on food throughout the year and honestly make myself better. I think that um, what separated me and what actually put me on the field was staying at Maryland every summer and working for my coach all summer, having a stick in my hands, you know, training with our strength and conditioning coach while I could be there. Um, And that's what I loved. Like, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be getting better, playing, coaching. And that's kind of like where I found my passion. So to me, I yet I didn't have technically an internship, but those summers is kind of where I understood like why I love what I'm doing and what I love about the sport and kind of like why I find myself what I do today, you know? Um, so it worked out. I mean, I wasn't in the position where I could, you know, like financially just take the summer off and have an unpaid internship. So it was nice to be able to work and, you know, to a college kid, any sort of money feels like it's your rich or lasts you, you know, all year. So my summers were really just training um, and working camps. When you were, uh, when you were in those latter years of like junior year and senior year, um, was it in your head, like whatever I do after this, like lacrosse has to be involved at some capacity or were you like, you know, if lacrosse isn't in the, in the picture, like I'm going to have to come to terms with doing something, you know, completely unrelated. What was like going through your head at that time? So, um, I don't know, honestly, for me, it wasn't, I never saw myself doing anything that didn't involve sports in general. Like I didn't know it didn't need to be lacrosse for me, but I, you know, I went in googly eyed like, Oh, I want to be a broadcaster or, you know, just like, so, you know, every person in the world wants to do something in that sport. And then I'm like, okay, maybe I don't want to work on Thanksgiving and Christmas and like all those holidays that they have to do. And just getting into it, I knew I always wanted to be in something competitive that I was passionate about. And I definitely struggled with that. Like, do I want to like sell my soul away and, you know, put my head down and work hard for a recruiting company for the next five years of my life and wake up and maybe, you know, make a lot of money one day, or do I want to be a coach and kind of follow in the footsteps of who my mentor is, or do I want to like, there was a lot of options. I wouldn't say that lacrosse was necessarily like a thing I needed to do. Um, to me, it was more so like, I just knew I needed something where I was still, coaching to an, a level of like impacting people like and being competitive and like being a part of something bigger than yourself is kind of what was always I was I found myself always drawn to yeah I mean it's great that now in your life like those those things align um it seems like you identified like your coach as like a huge mentor and also like the alumni network uh at Maryland did they like were those people that helped put you in the career that you are in now and if so can you talk about that and then yeah, also lead sure. us into um, kind of what I you're mean, doing professionally. yeah so the I mean it's like a ridiculous stat but like in college coaching there's some like 60 some Maryland grads um like there's it's just a it's a very natural smooth transition for a lot of the girls that go to Maryland have successful careers love the, love their experience there that they kind of want to do that or replicate that elsewhere. Um, and lacrosse being at such a really cool point. I try and tell everyone this, like if you want to play a sport in college and you want to play lacrosse, like there is a program for you. So meaning that there's a lot of coaching opportunities. So that was kind of, to me, a lot of the alumni that, um, where I was talking to and I was really close with were coaching at top schools, Loyola, you know, in the big 10, there's, like five out of the six all went to Maryland. Wow. Uh, so there's there was a lot of like chatter and opportunity for that. And it really kind of seemed like a smooth, natural transition. But 
um, I really just was kind of spoiled and wanted to stay in Maryland. So um, once my coaches offered me that opportunity, I kind of got to see the other side of um, coaching and like what really goes into it. And it's not really just the two hours on the field that, you know, everyone thinks they're there grinding, doing so much administrative work. Like it's really like running a business. Um, So I kind of learned that side and I ended up running camps and clinics for my coach and Post that, it was kind of like, I feel like I learned a lot of my business part of it from her. Um, And I just got approached by an old teammate of mine to kind of like branch off and see if we wanted to do it for ourselves. And like, um, it just made the most sense. Like I wanted to be able to make that my full-time job. I wanted to coach and kind of not have to do all the other stuff that goes along with it. Um, So it just, yeah, it kind of like fell into place for me. really, really fortunate that that worked out, but it's definitely hard and definitely, um, you know, running your own business is terrifying at times. And, you know, as hard as I work is as much money I'm going to pay myself. So, um, that can be difficult, but at the end of the day, I absolutely love what I'm doing. I love that I get to, you know, travel to all these awesome places and coach lacrosse to people and spread the game that really has brought me so much. You know, I, I really am so fortunate and don't know, I mean, I don't even know where I would have ended up if I didn't play sport. Love it, Alex. We're go- we're gonna go back to um, to what you're doing now, but I think we would be remiss if we didn't acknowledge one the national champion experience. So you said you wanted to put yourself in the best position to win a national title. Just so happens you come in freshman year, and voila! Talk talk through that experience, like you know yeah, the, high was- of the season, and just I mean, you got to look back at that, and it's it's got to be crazy, right? That was wild. I mean, that was like, I look back and it's, I mean, you guys all know, like as athletes, you really get into like that flow state and really think about like, holy crap, like you're just going at that point, right? Like you're not thinking about anything. You prepared all all year, your whole life for that. Um, And being a freshman and already just being so like, you know, wide eyed and bushy tailed ready for everything. um, That I think is what set us apart from I would say almost every other program that I've kind of like now had the experience of talking to and being, you know, on the U S team, being teammates with a lot of people who played other places. Um, they at Maryland, like our coaches and seniors truly expected you to come in as a freshman and make an impact. And they supported you to be able to do that. And it wasn't like a, every single year that I was at Maryland, I was scared, not scared, but I was, like ready for a freshman to come in working their butt off fit as shit, just ready to take my spot, you know, and I, and, and wanting them to, and wanting them to push me. So my freshman year kind of having that happen and we just had the best seniors in the world. And like being put on that stage was just insane. Like that being said, it just, it honestly happened so fast and you don't really like you you reflect on it later. Like I definitely, as a senior reflected on it, really trying to emulate what those seniors did and how, you know, they supported us and what, how that season went and how to kind of play in those tough times. But, um, it was crazy. Honestly, in the moment, you don't really think about it. And then like, I just remember coming out the one time I was like, I needed to pinch myself was it was, so the national championship was in Towson. So it was in Maryland, only 30 minutes from college park. And, um, we were walking out at halftime and we had just, we went down six, one in the first half and we ended up tying at seven, seven going into halftime. So like the comeback was insane. And we come out and just like looking into the stands and like, I would say like 60 alumni, just all like coaches from that have recruited me to play at their schools. Like 
all in Maryland gear, just cheering us on. Like we played against the, against them all season, you know, um, that was like a, holy crap. Like everyone's here, like supporting us, like wanting us to do it. Like it, that was so cool. And then, you know, just actually having it all come together was, um, I mean, it's the best feeling in the world. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is going to just happen every year. Like we're right. fresh. This right. is college, right. I guess. But um, exactly. I, 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 before we get into the other national champion, but what would you, as you look back and you look back at that freshman year, I mean, do you have kind of like a one lesson that stands out or something that you look back and you say, this is what I want to instill, you know, on my, my teams or the folks I'm coaching? Yeah. Um, so the biggest thing that I think I took from that is that like, just like in retrospect and trying to think of like, okay, how did I feel? What affected me? What made me successful was like that support from my teammates and from my coach and like having coaches that, you know, lit a fire under your ass and like kind of, you know, would chirp you and keep like, you know, pick on those negative things and really get you down. Yes. That pushed me to a certain level, but feeling like truly confident and trust and like that my teammates trusted me or that they believed in me. And like that just, I feel like pushed us to be unstoppable, you know? And I think that it took those seniors knowing that that's what I needed, you know, like some, some people needed, need that, you know, swift kick. And to me, like, I'm already giving myself that swift kick. So I just needed them to like re really believe that like I could do it. Cause the second, because they believed it the whole time, but like, that's what it took for me to actually kind of like, be my best. So like leaving that, I was like, okay, this is what I want to do for everyone younger around me. Like to be a leader, to be a good teammate is to kind of, you know, give that, let them know that like, I want them with the ball or I want them taking that shot or I want them doing this, you know, just giving them that confidence. I love it. Yeah. And I always talk about like our seniors when we were freshmen, like I feel like even today, I'm 28 and I look back and see those seniors and I still picture them as being like older than I am now. Like they yeah. just always, yeah. and you always, you know, so um, yeah. that senior class, anybody about to be a senior, you do have such a big impact on those underclassmen. But, um, you know, on the flip side, we, we talked about, you know, winning and then the lessons learned there. Obviously you've, you've faced some triumph in school too. I mean, talk about the national champ was a triple overtime loss like I mean this is yeah. some shit right <laughs> yeah so um just to like run so my sophomore year we end up actually losing in the national championship too we were undefeated losing the national championship no sorry we lost once we lost the national championship and lost once regular season but um and then junior year lost in the final four so like making it to the final four was like almost like I mean it's 100% an expectation for us right so like at that point it was a four-team tournament every year we're used to it we've been there it's my senior year I'm like this is not happening again. Like we got to get that feeling. Like you feel completely different as a senior, you know, it's your team. You're, I mean, like between my best friend, Katie and I, I mean, we were leading the team in goals, leading the team in assists. Like that, it was our team. It was like, we felt like we had the temperature of it. We knew everything going on. We were going to work our asses off, do everything we could, blah, blah, blah. And, um, we ended up, that was our third time playing North Carolina that year. We played them in the regular season one by one, Played them in the ACC tournament. Um, so won the ACC tournament and, like, smashed them. Beat them by, like, five or six. Go into the national championship. And um, I don't know. It just felt different. Like, it was, like, we were favorited to win. We were undefeated. Like, we had the fresh – we had a, a freshman who now – her name's Taylor Cummings. She's the best lacrosse player of all time. Has won the Tawarton, which is our Heisman. Um, has won that three times. So she's the only player to have ever done that. So she's our freshman, right? And I'm a senior and I'm like, 
holy crap, you're amazing. Like, we got to get her the ball all the time. Um, thinking, like, kind of like a little bit, it was like a full circle moment, like really feeling like this is it. This is how we're going to end it out. Playing them a third time, they just switched up everything. And, like, props to them. They were such a good team, and they were so good at, you know, I mean, they they knew us in and out. They knew every single person on our team. They knew our tendencies. They knew everything. And, um, again, the game just kind of felt like a haze. Like, it really felt weird. We didn't we played probably the worst half we've ever played in our entire lives in the first half, um, which was fine. We even still it was only a one-goal game back and forth. We go, our goalie, who is like one of my best friends, didn't have like a save in regulation. Overtime, she has like 10 saves. Like it was like, I mean, you, I, I turned to my defender and I was like, it's just a shame that one of us has to lose because this is like the most ridiculous, best game, like epic game of all time. Um, and we're going back and forth, back and forth. And then um, they end up scoring in like a fast break goal and it, I mean, it felt unreal. Like, my, I've never felt that much, like, loss. But I was almost just, like, I mean, like, you look over and the freshmen are hysterical. And I was just kind of calm about it and um, really just kind of didn't understand why it had to happen. And, you know, doing everything we thought we could. And, like, you know, really struggled with the, like, do I really love, <laughs> like, this? And why do I put myself through this? And, like, it was hard. Um to kind of go through it, but staying after and kind of being able to be that mentor to then the Taylor, who was a freshman, you know, talking to her as a sophomore, talking to her as a junior, having them win, you know, after that twice um, and continuing my career has really helped. But I think from that, I've learned more, I've learned more from that loss about myself as a person than anything that's ever happened. You know, yes, obviously I would have loved to come away with it. And at times I kind of almost feel like we did. Like when I look back, I'm like, oh yeah, we won that game. Right. But, um, I don't know. It's, it's definitely, it was definitely like one of the biggest, I would say like teaching moments I've ever had in my life. That experience just sounds that sounds incredible. It's like uh, I'm waiting for a book or a movie ah. to be made to be made about it. Yeah, it'll be written by my dad though. He's well. The one I mean, you can narrate it. You've done a pretty good <laughs> job of it thus far, so I'm sure it'll get a lot of uh, a lot of watches if you just tell the same exact story. Prologue will just be about his drives and like <laughs> lessons learned during his long drives taking Alex to different <laughs> camps. <laughs> I just want to quickly uh, note something that it was interesting to me um, when you were talking about your your coach and all that goes into kind of running a team and whatnot, and then your experience with like you as a freshman looking up to uh, you know your senior class and stuff like that. Just like the the close parallels between um, you know coaching and running a team, and like for those people in professional field, like running a business or organization or company, and just kind of like. You have your you have your leader, you have your CEO or whatever, and you they they need to push you, but they also need to trust you. And then you have your veteran staff, um, whereas like in this case, it's like the seniors, and they they mentor you, and you kind of lean on them during shortcomings. And just those like those parallels, I think, have helped you know us as athletes transition into kind of a domain that is different, but we can make it feel similar in a sense, if that makes any sense. For sure. I mean, I think that there's something to be said about just being a good teammate in life, you know, like I think yeah. that like, yes, in a business sense, but also in life and like relationships and friendships and, you know, coworkers and my business partner, even now, like it's, I mean, we were teammates for three years in college and now, 
Um, I mean, I literally feel like we're in a relationship, you know, like it's, it's still a, a thing where I'm like, I know what she needs to be able to be successful. She knows what I need. Like she knows when one of us is stressed out, how the other person kind of has to be that cheerleader. And like when the other person is kind of like being lazy, you need someone to like kick the other person in the ass. And it's definitely, um, I think what the biggest thing that's like separating athletes and just what I've seen in like the different fields. And as simple as like when I first moved to Baltimore, I was bartending and like bartending with, um, a lot of people. And like, you can tell who played, who was an athlete, who was on a team. Cause they're the people, you know, not thinking twice, but picking up each other's slack, you know, hustling hard, you know, using the competition to their advantage to grind and make money. Cause that's what, you know, you know, like, most of the time in sports, the more you prepare, the harder you work, the better you're going to get, you know? So like, that's kind of being able to apply that to your career choice. I think it's just kind of makes you unstoppable. I love it. So now, you know, you, you bartending, you, you're working with your business partner, I mean, give us a sense now of like what the, the day to day, um, that it's finish line, right? That, yes. That's, yeah. So give us kind of like the rundown of, of finish line, what you guys are doing today. I mean, we, we've, we've seen what's gotten you to this point. Um, but what gets you to finish line? Yeah. So, um, I, so Christy Black, my business partner, she was a year older than me, um, hired me to basically do like the camp circuit tour for her one summer. And I, I worked like 25 camps one summer. It was insane. Um, and I mean, it was the grind, but like, I really looked up and I was so happy and touched. And I was like, Holy crap. Like I just met hundreds of little girls in a summer and, you know, taught them something. And hopefully they remember something I taught them, or maybe even a conversation we had that, you know, will make them one day be like, Hey, I want to play. I want to be like that. I want to play a sport in college. I want to play a sport. You know, I want to play for the U S team one day. Um, something like that, just a familiar face. Um, and especially just as females and like, I just think it's, you need to kind of be able to see that like role model parallel, um, and someone older than you. So I loved it. And she wanted to kind of expand and needed help, asked me to partner with her. And I really was like, I, I wanted to do it. I was all in. So all of our finish line stuff is basically all in the summer. We do, a bunch of like developmental camps, which are like our day camps for, um, which our idea is to have go- to go to places that don't have lacrosse. So bring top coaches, um, all of our, with, with our, you know, uh, big database of teammates and my U S teammates and Maryland teammates and current players, um, and bring them to Atlanta or bring them to Jacksonville, bring them out West to bring them to places where they can show them things that they've never seen before, you know, um, and just grow the game, which is kind of like, as the lacrosse family as whole, like that's our biggest thing is to diversify and grow the game. So, um, and just get it so that get people into college and play them and so they can play and, you know, play the sport we love. So started doing that and then, um, added on some like exposure tournaments just cause it made sense to all of my friends and college coaching. Um, and then naturally kind of transitioned into now we have a club team. We just started to so this is our second year in our club program. We have, seven teams which has been crazy um to kind of have that so that's what we do in the fall that's kind of year-round fall winter summer uh we're coaching um and going to tournaments and then in the summer we do overnight camps camps stay camps exposure tournaments we run a couple events at under armor um which is really cool so my summer is crazy but i really wouldn't have it any other way um during the year 
during the day, I'm, you know, I wake up, make some coffee, <laughs> try and work out, start blasting emails and marketing and, you know, recruiting, getting, trying to get girls to our events. And then I teach a little bit of yoga and then I go to bed and do it all over again. <laughs> so, so Alex, are you, you're physically coaching a handful of these teams and then also doing like the operations and the marketing and the bookkeeping and like all the other, it's not like separate kind of departments. No. Or anything. It's yeah. Like, so that's all Christy and I. So yeah. I'd say she's definitely more of the numbers person, which I'm thankful with because I'm not, the mo I just like to spend on everything and you know try and get the coolest stuff and make everyone <laughs> happy um, so she definitely reels it in I would say that I'm more so um on the field kind of person like I will be the one talking to everyone at the actual events and stuff but yeah we both coach um we both do it all um which has been a learning curve for us too um but it's really really like gratifying and to be able to look back and just know like this is something that just her and I do, you know, and we have mentors out there that we go and talk to. And there's so many people in our, um, in the game and like now in the professional league I play for that, like are just so smart and have been doing this for a lot longer than I have. Um, so, and they're so helpful in everything that, um, we ask them, but yeah, it's pretty much just us two. There's been like a handful of, uh, articles and stories coming out. I think ESPN is even doing a documentary just about like kind of what you're saying, like bringing, uh, lacrosse to places where lacrosse isn't being played and kind of getting, um, kids exposed to it and giving them the opportunity to, uh, to be able to use it to get to college and stuff like that. Yeah. So can you, uh, you know, talk through that a little bit, the expansion of, of lacrosse, um, you know, as a sport and, uh, just kind of like maybe your favorite or your Our best experience so far so far yeah um yeah so we actually do a lot of stuff with um harlem lacrosse i don't know if you guys have ever heard of them but um it's an awesome program in um baltimore they started in harlem new york and now they have it in baltimore and la in all these different places but um basically so Christy, my partner, has uh, this girl, Diamond, who's from the inner city and um, has basically nothing, you know, um, long story short, Christy took a chance on her, drove her to and from practice every day, and now she is on a full ride to play at UMBC, which is something like she would never, ever, yeah. you know, be able to do. So we do a lot of work with them. Um, we bring them to all of our camps. We do, we bring them a lot of kids just from the city that don't get to play and love the sport um, and try and support them so much. And there's a lot of like grassroots programs already that are just trying to do that for a lot of kids. Cause they know that it's, um, you know, a way out for a lot of people. So to us, it's more so just trying to support those people that are already in place um, that already do that, you know, and um, help those organizations and kind of bridge that gap. And like I said, like dive, diversify our sport not so much just like ethnicity wise but like socioeconomic status like lacrosse yeah. is just known as a country club sport you know um and so being able to give kids that same opportunity that i had and not having it be something where money is the issue or you can't you don't have equipment or you don't have um you know travel to and from practice every day, you know, stuff like that. So we just try and do as much as we can to support those programs that are already there, just because it is something that we've seen firsthand, put kids into boarding school and high school, getting them out of the city and then put kids into college. What does that look like? What does that look like for you guys? Are you getting like, are other organizations like helping you get equipment and things like that to kind of like distribute out? Yeah. Or not? 
Yeah, so honestly, I just through US and through Under Armour um have so much stuff. Yeah. But um Under Armour has been awesome. Like so I've been sponsored by them since I graduated and they um hook us up with almost everything that we can especially for um a good cause but we basically try and just like collect as much stuff as possible and then just donate it honestly equipment is not as big of an issue it's more so like transportation and getting kids in and out um and to practices and stuff like that that um really would be is more of like that's where the funding tries to come in to try and get them rides or pay for more um staff and stuff but um yeah, I mean, I that's one thing that's really cool about, I would say, the whole across, like, corporation and company as a whole is that everyone's really on board to try and, you know, get grow the game in that sense and get it to those areas. And that's got to be by, like, big-name people coming in and wanting yeah. to swing them. It's cool. And, you know, giving them a, pair, a new pair of Under Armour cleats or, um, you know, making showing them that, like, oh, this is the way that they could – be successful you don't have to you know only play soccer or basketball or something like that very cool alex do you by chance know wyatt melzer why no i don't think so yeah he he was doing something very similar and we had him on the first season uh graduated from uva um but i think it was harlem lacrosse league or it was a different league like that but it's just like um you guys are definitely on similar wavelengths so we'll have to link you up after yeah for sure um, I think, yeah, yeah. If he works with Harlem in Baltimore, there's a bunch of different, like they do it in New York, LA. I too. think he did right after school. Um, but now he's in Jacksonville. He's moving all over. He's doing some crazy stuff. But uh, yeah, we had him on about a year ago. But um, yeah, very cool. I think, uh, you know, we, we like, at least in a, a, a rap, kind of get to some staple questions. Um, but before that, we saw you're an Oreo extraordinaire. So um, first question. Do you support them going off brand and having all these crazy flavors? And if you do, what's the what's the favorite flavor? Okay, so support them going. Yes, of course, I support them because I love. I'm a huge foodie, and like past that, I'm like, I mean, I blame my dad, but like I just have a serious sugar addiction and like love sweets and love dessert. I honestly have dessert after almost every meal. Something like small. Um, always love Oreos. I don't know where this started, but I just really started trying like different kinds of them. And like, I watch the food network constantly. So I genuinely think I'm like, could be a food critic and like, think I have like, you know, the taste buds of like, I don't even know Guy Fieri or something, but, um, I love that they make all these different flavors and my absolute favorite takes like hands down landslide is the chocolate peanut butter pie Oreo. Oh, it is what an Oreo should taste like. Wow, it's I'm feeling a- like I'm feeling like you can crush that in some ice cream and it would just yeah. be the best thing yeah. ever. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. Like some whipped cream or something on it would be phenomenal. So, um, what's the proper uh, the proper eating technique? Is it like an unscrewing, or do you just bite into it? I don't know. You gotta. So okay, what I, the only problem I'm <laughs> into is with the fins. I've had to at least have like two or three of them because you can't really get the filling, and that's kind of where yeah. all the Stack the fins and make, yeah, yeah, that's the trick. (laughs) Stack the fins. Um, so I honestly, just for this, I literally, I smell them and have to smell what they have to at least try and kind of smell what they are saying they're going to be like. And then it's just one bite, you know, everyone knows the rules and (laughs) (laughs) 
That's I just give a review on it. <laughs> so you, so you have your own Oreo Instagram account. Is that what you're saying? What's our? You have your own Oreo Instagram account. Is that what you're saying? Pretty much. They're not sponsoring me. It's kind of messed up. I'm like, I've been. What like, is that? Do they know the kind of work you're doing? How are they not giving you a sponsorship? <laughs> I know the amount of people that ask me what Oreos to get or like tell me they picked up Oreos on their way home. I'm like, you should be paying me, or at least just like send me a couple free boxes. Love it, love it. All right, so in a natural transition into uh, the staple sign-off questions, we first like to just get a sense of um, uh, some resources that you have or that you recommend. I think anybody listening to this is probably in some sort of like self-help, uh, trying to get some new knowledge. So do you have you know, books, podcasts, videos that, that you go to or, or that have been helpful for you? Yeah, um, so I have like – a completely different I feel like mindset now post-college and especially honestly after that um loss and then kind of transitioning into not having a sport every day and not having a team to lean on and you know not having something you're like I mean yes you have your job but you don't have you know those two hours of like almost therapeutic like exercise and like that with your friends anymore that was really like weird and tough for me and I think that's kind of where I got into yoga that really was like eye-opening for me it was like holy crap I've literally never done something where I'm leaving and I feel physically exhausted but like mentally just refreshed the same way that I felt after a practice or something but it wasn't competitive at all which was so weird because I was like this is normally the competition is what makes me kind of like get into that flow state where I'm not thinking about anything else I'm not thinking about what I have to do after this or what, what happened before like so that to me was like open just a whole new door of like thinking and mindfulness. And so honestly, like I, a lot of my, the books that I've been getting into are really on just kind of like reflection and like having a grasp on like what makes me tick and like what, what I, how I can perform at a different level and like be kind of more composed and not so much just be this like balls to the wall, go as hard as you can all the time and like see success because that, I mean, not to keep bringing it up, but like that championship game proved that like it, that's not always all it takes. It doesn't always take just giving it your best and trying harder than the other person, you know. So um, I try and meditate, honestly, as much as possible um, when I can feel when I'm doing it daily that I feel a lot better. I journal all the time um, and try and kind of stay have like some sort of gratitude couple minutes every day. Um, and then past that, a lot of the books that I've read have been, um, just on like self-love and acceptance. And, uh, I can't even, I've read so many. I literally, my favorite off the top of my head is called return to love. Um, it's like based off of like a course in miracles, but just kind of this whole idea of like trusting the universe and, um, you know, just putting only love out of there and that everything kind of derives from fear or love. So, and fear is just the absence of love. And I know it all kind of sounds cheesy, but it's really um, just helped me kind of, I think, in my whole transition and also like how to um, just go through life and kind of accept like adult things that have happened, you know, that are that are harder or um, not so ideal or like mindless as just being on a sports team. Totally. I think those are all super, super important. I talk to Neil about this all the time and just like other people just... Like as athletes, we are 
so used to like beating ourselves up and being super self-critical and self-abusive thinking like that's the only thing that's going to get us to the top and right. now that we're transitioned out of the game like that kind of lifestyle isn't totally like adaptable anymore um and so learning to do things without it and like coming to terms with like forgiving yourself and like just yeah. having more awareness and stuff has been at least for me and I know for other some other athletes that play competitively that I talk to like that has been like a big like you know awakening in their in their later years after sport for sure I mean it's definitely it's weird it's it's a completely like because you just do something for so long, I mean, since you can remember, um, and you're constantly trying out or like trying to beat other people to get a spot on a team or beat another team or anything, honestly, anything always just competing against other people. And that's life, but, um, it's also life to not be the best. And it's also life to lose. And it's also life to, you know, have to go through heartache and suffering and that kind of stuff. Um, so for me, it's just been able to, I've been so so fortunate and privileged to be able to have so much good that like um it's really been helpful and I feel like made me mature a lot as just like a person in general um to be able to kind of see that other side of it for sure yeah um Alex so as we uh kind of wrap up here something we usually always sign off with is um if you could I mean you talk to young athletes all the time but uh in the sense uh, of an athlete transitioning out of the college game um can you just talk about some some things that you would relay to them that are important for, you know, their next steps in life, whatever they may be. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, like my biggest thing that my dad told me when I was kind of having that, you know, post college anxiety of like not knowing what to do. And that really helped was that like, nothing's permanent. Um, everything happens and everything changes constantly and you have to be able to kind of roll with it. You have to be able to ebb and flow with life. Like as humans, that's literally what we do. Yeah. Nothing is ever um, concrete. And so that's ter that can either be terrifying or that can be super freeing and just kind of know that like, do what you do best, find something that you enjoy um, and, you know, do what you know how to do, which is grind. Like we all, as athletes, we all know how to grind and we know how to, um, you know, work our asses off. So whatever you're doing. And I mean, that's kind of my biggest thing is as long as you're working hard, um, and hopefully having fun, because <laughs> I really don't think anything's worth doing unless it's fun. Um, then you really aren't like destined to do anything terrible, you know, like it's gonna, I just think it's all going to work out. Probably not the best piece of advice, but that's <laughs> how I feel. <laughs> We've we, we've had like just breathe and you know like it's <laughs> coming. So I think it, I think it all kind of comes down to just taking a step back. Yeah. And more mindful and and it's gonna be all right. <laughs> totally. so. Yeah, and I mean it's I mean obviously like we live in a different world where the pressures are coming from all angles and I think the biggest pressure is the one you put on yourself. So like you gotta be your own cheerleader. You gotta be like exactly what you said. Like not as critical and kind of just like support yourself and reflect and also be like happy at the little wins and not trying to think I think having a five-year plan having a three-year plan all that is great to always kind of write down and you know have your goals that you want to set um but short term I have to like remind myself not to worry in the in the present day you know and like really just know that the sun's going to come up tomorrow and it's all going to be okay huge love it Alex thank you so much hey how can our um our listeners get in touch with you or go follow you uh, any social pages or yeah, websites? I mean, um, honestly, Instagram's like the only really social media thing I do. Um, 
but yeah, it's Alex Aust underscore. Um, I'm pretty responsive on it, but uh, or I try to be. Um, but yeah, would love to. Do you guys have a website for um, Finish Line? Yeah, so it's www.finishlinelacrossecamps.com. Um, and on there, you'll see like all of our camps up and down, um, our club team, uh, all the stuff we do with all these little chicks. And um, yeah, it's cool. That's awesome, Alex. Thank you so much. Hey, at the beginning of the episode, I texted my sister just saying we've got you on. And she was just like, yo, WTF, <laughs> he's my idol. What? So, <laughs> That's hilarious, really, Neil? Oh, that was really cool. I added a bit more perspective to the episode. So there's a, a senior player out in Fairfield that looks up to you, and I'm sure there's I plenty. I love of it. Like, that That's is great. <laughs> I just got, I just got chills. Yeah, yeah, it was badass. <laughs> Thanks, Apple. Of course. Thank you, guys. All right. Yeah. Awesome. See you later. Bye. Hey, everyone. Hope you enjoyed that episode with Alex. I know myself personally, I really had some fun being on that episode. I thought Alex was super relatable and just kind of conveyed her her path and journey in a, in a way that really resonated with me, at least. So I hope that you guys got the same out of out of what she was saying, because there were so many takeaways, a lot of important points. But uh, clearly the most important thing was how to be better at eating Oreos than you already are right now. So that was probably a top takeaway for you all. But um, on a more serious note, um, just I was kind of starstruck by just Alex's lacrosse prowess at the University of Maryland, their kind of success at that program, a big time lacrosse program. She's a big time player. We have, uh, you know, Neil's sister, lacrosse player, knows Alex, even though there's an age difference just from being in the lacrosse community. So that was kind of a, a cool moment in the episode. But um, yeah, this, this, was, this was an episode that I really thought would be good for, for a lot of reasons. But one that I mentioned in the intro was we all kind of still love the sport that we grew up playing and then played into college. So Alex really lays out that blueprint of making your sport into a career in some way or another and having happiness with, within that. So I think that's important because it, it gives a lot of people some hope who are thinking, you know, my career is fully ended, I'm, I'm totally done. Not necessarily. So I, I love how Alex is doing great things in the youth aspect of, of lacrosse and spreading it, um, spreading the game to different communities. So um, this is a great episode, you know, for, like I said, for a lot of reasons, but that was, that was one big thing for me that I think a lot of other people will, will hopefully get a lot out of that point and, you know, make an effort maybe if they're thinking about it to, uh, to make a career out of their sport in some way. And uh, Alex is a great contact. If you're looking to do that, she, uh, she's got a website for her program and um, she's got her social media linked up too. So thanks again for listening and we hope to have you guys back listening on our ne next episode.